This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Hi, this is Arjun. And today I have the pleasure of having a conversation with David Sanchez. David Sanchez is the founder and CEO of Digitalist Medical and Miracle Recovery. On one hand, David is helping healthcare brands build their profits and visibility through digital marketing. Through Miracle Recovery, he works to save lives from addiction. From being a nurse in ER to saving lives from addiction, that is what David's passion is all about. David is committing to make a huge impact in communities, but also driving huge results for companies. David, truly a personal pleasure and honor to welcome you to Secrets to Win Big. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to talking. So David, I want to first congratulate on this fascinating journey because, and I just don't say that lightly, I feel in this world, most of us, most days try to take more for ourselves. And then there are a few people who give back more than they take. And that's one of those people who you are. So in that journey, I just want to understand first or foremost, what are some of the big wins that when you look back at the rear view mirror that jumps out that you want to celebrate today? The big wins. I think the biggest wins that I can think of is impacting lives. You know, seeing people that are now are, are married and have children that were homeless or they felt hopeless in their lives years ago when I first met them and they had no direction in their lives. And now they have hope. They have like a business of their own or a stable home environment. A lot of times something that they've never even seen before. It couldn't imagine having that. Those are my big wins. That's one. And then, so those are individual lives. Another one is, is just having more flexibility for my family to be able to, to make a living helping people. And that applies both to the, the marketing business that I have and the recovery business. So David, I just want to go back. How did the whole thing start? Like you could have done with your talent, 15 different things. Even within healthcare, you could have been in 10 different paths. Mm -hmm. This whole thing that you talked about making an amazing living, but by helping people first, where did this start? Hmm. It's a long story. <laughs> I'm ready. We, we I'm have time, yours. so that's okay. Uh, well, it started, it, it's, um, you know, a big part of it is the fact that I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a person of faith. And... Um, I was raised in a very good home, but my dad had a very rough past. And I won't go into all the details, but he grew up in South Phoenix, very rough neighborhood. And I personally knew that his life had turned around dramatically from when he was a child. Um, again, I can't get into all the details, but I knew that, that God could dramatically change people's lives because it, that had happened in my own dad's life. He mm -hmm. started using heroin at age 14. And now he's been clean for over 40 years, but I grew up knowing that that power was there. 
in, in the faith in Jesus Christ. And so I, when I became a nurse at age 23, I, I did it because I wanted to make a decent salary helping people. But I felt like there was something that I could do that was more impactful because when you see people coming in to the emergency department, <laughs> overdosing, you know, seeing 19-year-olds die, um, 22-year-olds die right in front of you, you think, man, I wish I could have done something else, something mm -hmm. more. And then so I really started feeling stirred. I, I had to do something to make a bigger, more impactful difference in the long run for these people. And that's when um, I really felt stirred to to start something, to start a business, my first business. And that, that was it, the recovery center. So I started a nonprofit. My church got behind me and helped um, basically <coughs> angel invested and financed the whole thing to get it started. And it's, it's been just such a, an amazing journey and being able to help people turn their lives around. And that was the first step. And then from that, I, mm -hmm. uh, in healthcare, the, the most competitive specialty is addiction treatment, which I had no idea. And so I had to start learning digital marketing. I started working with agencies and I really got frustrated not knowing where my results were coming from. I was spending, you know, at least $15,000 a month on advertising and and just not being able to measure things well. So I, I decided to start learning advertising back in 2015. And so I ended up starting my agency from that. And now I, I focused a little more down on, on SEO, search engine optimization. So non-paid advertising and making the best results in healthcare for healthcare clients from that. And so now these, these two different companies are you know, operating at the same time, but I, I just love it. I love helping people. I love that. And, you know, first of all, thank you for sharing the personal journey. Now that you've opened the door, I really want to ask you one more personal question before we move forward is in this journey where you have helped numerous people without mentioning names or anything, when you help the first person start back crawl, walk, run in his or her life back. What did it make you feel at that point? I felt like this is what I was born to do. I was born to impact people's lives. I was born to make a difference. And it it's so rewarding to know that I'm not just giving somebody a pill or just not just saying a positive word. I'm giving somebody a future. I'm just writing it down because I really think I found the title to this podcast, mm -hmm. Giving Someone a Future. I love that. And I would bet, David, at that point, once you helped the first person, you found, based on your faith and your passion and your capabilities, the positive good addiction in your life, which is to help people, and you have never stopped. Uh, you, you got that right. That's accurate. Yes. Thank you. So now let me ask you, now let's go into the business sense because many of us have ideas. Some of us take the first step, but not too many of us succeed to give it, make it a reality. What's the unique sauce that David has that you have been fortunate and blessed with that has driven you in this journey to be successful? Yeah, I think the, the two biggest things for me that have helped me a lot is operational ability and then learning how to inspire people. Because those are two things that are um, that are unique skills for me. 
which I didn't even know I had, honestly. But working as a nurse helped me a lot with that because I'm very detail oriented. So I, I initially with the with the treatment center, I had to write all the policies and procedures. And now I've helped a lot of other people um, just through consulting advice. But for me, I didn't have anybody to guide me through the steps of getting licensed, going through all the details. It took me six months to do it. But going through detail by detail and setting up a system for the business to work correctly and function smoothly, that is that is something that has really helped me a lot. It's a big asset. And then the other thing, like I said, is inspiring a group of people for a common mission. When you have a goal, being able to communicate that effectively to other people takes care of a lot of details so you don't have to go around constantly correcting things, but instead it's inspiring them to the common vision and then they'll find the best path to, to reach that. And if, if you can keep the vision fresh in their minds, they take care of a lot of the details so you don't have to operate those. That's brilliant. Because to me, I just feel that's the first step for any successful CEO is to clearly see the vision, but then to also appreciate that, let's say I am your head of marketing, next to me is the head of operations, finance, everybody for you to realize and appreciate that the vision looks different from each one of our seats. Mm -hmm. You coming, sitting next to each one of us and helping us see that very clearly and getting us excited, I really think is such a big part of the journey. And I really think that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and, and like you said, each one of those people, it, they have a different perspective and each one of them has skills that are far greater than mine in their areas. And so they can do a better job than I could do, definitely. Absolutely. So as you are hiring future leaders, so David, what do you look at in a leader who will be a great fit to be part of your organization or professional work family? I look for people that are self-motivated and disciplined and then also humble. Mm -hmm. You have to be humble enough to receive direction without taking it personally, but instead they're hungry to grow. They're, they're smart and hungry to grow. Those are, and then humble. Those are huge. Cause I've, we've all, <laughs> haven't we all experienced the people that they can be extremely intelligent, but then their pride gets the best of them and they're not willing to learn, but that really stunts their growth and keeps them from being who they could be. And at the same time, there are people that are maybe not be as naturally intelligent they might not have as many skills or as much educational background, but they're so hungry and they're humble and they want to learn, they end up going far beyond. You know, when you talk about humility, I have to go back to an amazing lesson my grandma taught me, and she used to do it very visually. Oh. She one time brought three cups or mugs. One she kept upside down. She said, this person is telling you I don't want anything. Like this is a person who has closed the doors and the windows and just respect the person. Then there's the person who has the cup up, but the whole thing is full. She said, this person shows he or she is open, but knows that he or she is right. Hmm. Don't ever be the person. She's then got an, another extra glass and says, if you think your glass is all full, take it, empty it and then bring the cup open, then you listen. 
the very fact I'm listening to you doesn't mean I need to do what you want. I still have the choice decision based on my values, my decision, everything else to decide. But listen to listen. And that's the part where, where your lesson on humility is very important is if you're saying something, I really need to give you respect to listen. And then I can share my point of view as I start going forward. So I really like that. That's great. Yeah. I like that analogy. Yeah. And you should try that. And, you know, to me, it's a great visual with people, especially I did that with my kids, my, with my daughter and her friends, because I think that's a great way to show. And once you do that experiment, oh, people, it stays in people's mind forever. So oh, that's great. I'm going to show that to my kids. <laughs> How old are your kids, if I may ask? I have six kids. Wow. So our, our oldest is 16, going to be 17 in April. And then we have a 13-year-old, 11-year-old, a 6-year-old, so four boys. And then we adopt, adopted two girls. One is two years, and then one is six months old. And they, awesome. they, were, they were both born um, addicted to fentanyl, but they're, you know, they're healthy and, and very happy now. Awesome. My daughter, she is 28, going on 55 because daughters are very special and she thinks and actually runs my life. So thanks for sharing oh, wow. that. That's amazing. So now let's look at David, based on everything you have learned thus far. So tomorrow you get a chance to take only one lesson forward, maybe two at most. What would be the two things that you have learned that you take forward to tomorrow and beyond? Yeah, the, the two lessons. Um, one is be an excellent learner, learn how to learn well because we're always learning in life and that never stops. And then the other one is pay attention, pay attention to circumstances and be sensitive to God because God wants to lead you to where you can be the most useful and make the greatest impact. You have to be sensitive to that and not carry your ideas too far forward because that will limit you. Well, thank you. So the next section I call that the BS section. BS stands for brag shamelessly. Okay. I really think many a time in life, we, as we run forward, we don't pause enough to celebrate what we accomplish as a family, as a team, professionally. So I know there are a lot of things you can celebrate, but what one thing jumps up that you want to brag shamelessly today? I'm very proud of, of my family and my wife. My wife is it's beautiful, and I'm very um, blessed to have her, have my family, have a, a great group of people around me that I sometimes I don't feel I deserve, but it's it's just uh, I'm so grateful to have a great group of people to work with. You know, it's so refreshing the way you shared it because think you and I have the same wealth, which is 24 hours a day. And that 24 hours is spent around people. Mm -hmm. And it's our family. And that's the part where I wrote a book long time back called Raising a Father. And it's about my journey as a single dad. And initially, arrogant dad wrote the, called the book Raising a Daughter. And you know, as a dad, it's not we raise them, they raise us. Mm -hmm. And when I was talking about the book somewhere in New York, uh, I met this pastor and his wife, and I asked each one of them, so what's the secret to a happy marriage? Okay. So the pastor being very wise gave me amazing advice. You know, I learned it. 
But his wife simplified this thing. It's a little dark, but when you look at the bigger picture, it's very deep. She said, every time I hug my husband, I know one day, hopefully it happens 60 years from now, that will be the last time I will hug him. And I will not know it's the last time. I want to live a life of no regrets. Every time I hug my husband and my wife and my kids, I make it count. And, you know, so to me, I just looked at the possible. It's a very deep thing because with family, many a time we take for granted, like, hey, with my wife, I can say I love you or anything tomorrow, day after. No, it's today. And I really appreciate you sharing that. So thank you. Thank you for that. So now a strange, goofy question after that very deep exchange is, David, you just get an evite. And you get surprised that the evite is from a 16-year-old David who has invited you and a 40, uh, sorry, and a 100-year-old David to meet somewhere. So where do you think this meeting of the three David, 16-year-old David today and 100-year-old will have happen? And secondly, what would the conversation that day be? Where would it happen? Yes. What would the conversation be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That is that is a very unusual question. I don't know. Probably either in Phoenix or or where I live now, because I was born in Phoenix and raised mostly there. And then, what would it be about? I think it would be a a, a discussion of what have you learned. And it's funny because when you're younger, you think you know everything. I, I thought I knew a lot when I was 16. <laughs> but the, the I'm 36 now, so I'm still really young. But the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know and the more I need to learn. And then at 100, gosh, I, I can't imagine. Looking back and, and just seeing all the experiences, I think I would just be be able to hopefully drop some nuggets of wisdom and teach myself as much as I can to help me through, help guide me through some things uh, for the future. But I don't want to know everything, so I don't think, I don't think the hundred-year-old me would would warn me about anything because there's a lot of struggles in life that you know there are harder than you realize, mm-hmm. but you're tougher than you realize, and and it's best just to just go through them and and rely on God to guide you. <laughs> and also, it's so, fun to face a challenge because. Yeah. A mentor of mine once told me when I was facing some severe challenges by saying, think Arjun, gamify everything. Visualize Arjun and David are two young kids and in the middle of the night, you shouldn't be or I shouldn't be. We were playing this video game and you just got to this new level we always wanted to. (laughs) So what would the conversation be? Hey, David, guess what? We are at the new level. There are three dragons instead of one. We don't would never look at three dragons to be a negative, we would look at three dragons to be a bigger challenge that yeah. I have earned to overcome. And I think that's the part where the blend of faith and self-confidence, I really appreciate how you're building and you know, I wish you the very best. So David, you know, when I try to wrap up this conversation, this has of course been fascinating and I personally have learned a lot. Two final thoughts I have. One is any final thoughts you have that you want the listeners to know. And secondly, you know, you have been very kind to answer every question of mine. If you have any questions for me, anything, I would like to try to answer, answer that.
my final thoughts would be just stay open, stay humble, learn as much as you can, learn as fast as you can, uh, learn how to make your brain work efficiently and well, and also learn what works best for you because everybody has a different system and a style of learning and uh, learning how to become, learning how to have a workplace and a, and a mindset that that is conducive to learning and, and to work is very important too. Love that. And do you have any questions for me? I, I think I'd like to get to know you a little bit more. Anything you want to ask, I will answer. Anything you want. Yeah, I'd like to know just a little bit more about your background and what made you interested in, in having me on. Yeah, so to me, you know, I'm a work in progress. So did my engineering, did an MBA, got into the corporate world and was completely addicted to climbing the next hill. And day after 9-11, I was sitting with my daughter who was eight years old. And as we were looking at the world stop and change in front of us, she was in my arms and she told me that you really don't know me. And me being, and I'm being very kind to myself when I describe myself, I should be more harsh, is me being an insensitive male those days, tried to make fun of her not knowing instead of understanding how painful it is for a daughter to tell her dad that I don't know you. Wow. So I told her, hey, I know when you were born, the first thing you did, you peed, I knew your social security number, I know this. And she went and came back with three questions. Who's my best friend? No clue. Favorite restaurant? It had to be Papa John's. I was you know, running marketing operations for them. And number three, what's the most fun thing we did? I thought two out of three will give me a passing grade. So I locked in Papa John's and for the third one, the corporate guy in me put everything in a spreadsheet, things we have done together, sorted by descending order of dollar value. Because to me, it was very simple, David. If I gave you a $500 thing and a $10 thing, the 500 yeah. is bigger. Okay. And I knocked, locked on something like I used to rent a skating rink or something for her and her friends. And my amazing eight-year daughter tells me that before I tell you that's the wrong answer, let me tell you the two times you took me to the skating rink, there was five more times you canceled at the last minute where I would be ready and your assistant would call and say, Mr. Sen is busy today. But that's not the bad part. The worst part is both those times we went there, you would sit near the door, work on your laptop, and every time I would pass, you would just wave at me but looking down. One time, Dad, I'd fallen down. I'd hurt myself. You didn't even know. And then just when I would be having fun, you had to go to a meeting. You would just say, hey, let's go. You'll pay for everybody. I was the host. I left because of you. And, you know, corporate world taught me that anytime you're in a crisis, defer it. Do anything to defer it, okay? And that's what politicians do. They just give you answers. And I was very good at it those days. So I told her, hey, you know, I know I'm not the, 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 I will spend more time with you. And we were in Louisville. She wanted to go to Denver. I said, I will take you back to Denver. This is my, what changed my life. The eight-year-old poked me right here and said, dad, I know you love me, but don't lie to me. 
if you wanted to take me to Denver, why are you interviewing in Detroit? I was getting ready to take a bigger job in Detroit or Chicago. And she said, I know my dad. If my dad wanted to take me back to Colorado, and I'm so glad you asked it. I'm wearing a Colorado shirt today. He would take me to Colorado. She goes to bed. You know, it was this life shattering moment for me because first I realized I came from humble beginnings. My grandma raised me. I came to this country with $350. I just could not even fathom how I got to this point. But what was scary, David, was I was not ashamed to lie. I was embarrassed that I got caught lying to my daughter. Very deep. Wow. And that night I realized if I don't do anything today, tomorrow morning, I don't trust this Arjun. He will go on and create this life where his daughter will really never know. I could see 65-year-old Arjun getting a phone call from his daughter on a Father's Day or birthday. Hey, how are you? Good, good, done. Like not even one minute. And I quit that night. Okay. And I quit with no plan. I just wanted to be a dad first because I felt... You know, when you talk about addiction, I think that's the thing that connected because addiction to me is you take a baby step not knowing how without understanding you start taking bigger, bigger steps and all of a sudden you may not even know. Like once you're in the deeper side of addiction, which I was, denial is very easy. And second thing is it impacts more than me, people around me. My marriage was gone. I blamed everybody else other than myself for the marriage, but you know what the answer was. And I think that's where what life changed. And I have been since then consulting for myself. There have been ups, there have been downs. I've had amazing people in my life now. And the biggest thing my daughter taught me that day is wealth is how many people are in your life who care about you because you care about them. That's it. Mm. So I don't usually share, but I really think that, you know, I'm very, been very excited and fortunate and blessed to talk to you today and wanted to get into it a little more. So hopefully oh, that that's great. tells you. Yeah, I appreciate that. That was, that's a very special story. Thank you. So David, this is, you know, an amazing connection, getting to know you. And I really wish you amazing journey forward. And more importantly, I really wish you all the happiness as you take one person at a time and help them unleash their amazing life forward. As a dad, truly wish you the very best. And again, thank you for taking time to share at Secrets to Win Big. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.